Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Hi again, everybody, and welcome back to the Consistently Fit Podcast. I think I can stop saying now that it was once Anti-Bullying 101, but you know what we're doing. We're trying to create healthy schools, healthy environments, healthy communities. We just, (laughs) I mean, celebrating the, the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and, and they have a shooting at the parade. I mean, can is nothing uh, exempt from this violence that we see in our communities, but it is has a lot to do with the fact that people are just bitter and angry and just out of control. And they really don't um, have the joy and the happiness and the love and the caring and the understanding that's necessary to have a successful life. It is off the charts. And we're trying to make people understand that unless you have a balanced life, meaning balanced between the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual, you're going to have problems. That's all there is to it. You got to have some form of activity in your life, which is what we're going to focus on today. You have to feed yourself mentally and get rid of some of these negative thoughts that you have floating around. Positive self-talk leads uh, really leads to a far more successful life. Instead of being just so negative and think dwelling on the past and feeling guilty and all kinds of other things that just disrupt your thinking. And then the emotional piece and the social piece, which is to me, it's making sure that I have a good relationship with those that are around me meaning my family, my friends, my children, my wife, probably my employer. Because when you have that type of relationship, emotionally you feel settled. You feel happy. You don't have any worry that somebody is talking about you. You've got some type of concern because you shot your mouth off at a... Uh, a company meeting or you made a fool of yourself or whatever having that emotional um, peace is necessary for a happy life and then you also have that spiritual peace which to me is reading the bible praying every day 
and knowing that there's something or someone, however you want to look at it, to me, it's God that's bigger than me that's going to help go before me and deal with some of the issues that I have going on. Now, um, several years ago, I did a, uh, I auditioned for a TEDx talk, which is what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to get a TEDx talk on the topic of, I trained for a quadruple bypass. And I did. And I did. But the TEDx back then was, that I was auditioning, the pitch that I used was something that, the, the title of it was, Let's Teach Kids How to Play Again. And it was a good two-minute talk. It was. It made a lot of sense. And I want to talk to you right now, right now in this podcast about why, why you have to keep your kids moving. It is not enough for them to go to a, I guess, a planned event. For them to go to practice with their team and come home and lay in bed and look at their phone. It's not enough for them to do that. They need activity. And they have to be taught how to do it because they don't know. They think everything has to be planned. I'm going to go to planned basketball practice, planned football practice, planned cheerleading, planned, um, you know, uh, track, plan this, plan that, where I go and I get exercise. I have a gymnastics class. I have a, a dance class. I have a tumbling class. I have all these different classes going on. But when I come home, okay, or when this child comes home at the end of the day, they go back into their bedroom and stare at their phone. And this is what I'm trying to avoid. And I want to play this, this TEDx for you so you can hear what I had to say five years ago and why we need to do more of it today and we need to work with kids more today because we have almost have a new generation of kids coming through. Kids that are five and six years old since this was written, okay, are, are going to be the next round of kids that are going to be what I'll call active couch potatoes. So listen up. You know, when I was a kid in the summer, I'd get up early and leave my house with a bat, some baseballs, and a glove in my bike basket. I'd ride to the town park to find no one. I'd then throw a ball in the air or hit balls out of my hand, run the bases, and then collect the balls. Finally, someone would show up and we'd have a catch. Then another kid would show up and we took batting practice. And then a little while later, a few more kids showed up and we'd choose upsides for a game. We played baseball the entire day. Did we all get along? Of course not. Were there fights and arguments? You bet. And were there bullies present? There were. But when fights and arguments and bullying took place, no one left because we all wanted to play. We solved our own problems and realized that there was a pecking order in terms of abilities and attitudes and we accepted it for what it was. And we were even friends with the kids that we didn't agree with or maybe even like. 
In our own way, we understood conflict and we left just enough space between us to disagree. We became resilient and realized that we were all there for one reason, to have fun. There were no play dates and there wasn't any adult supervision. We did it all on our own. You know, where there are no victims, there are no bullies. Hey, we all victimized one another at times, but we all learned who we were and who others were as well. We didn't look for fights, but we didn't back down from one, even if we knew we were gonna lose the battle. We had the ability to compete in many ways, and we took that attitude with us as adults, not with, co not with cockiness, but with confidence. We learned that conflict and confrontation are just part of life, and we learned how to disagree with the right attitude. We all need to do our part to help stop bullying for sure. To do so, we need to help strengthen the victim. A good place to start might be on a field with a ball of any kind, maybe a bat and a glove. But most of all, we have to teach our kids how to play again. There you have it. We have to teach our kids how to play again. That's the basic piece. Now, listen to me, folks. We have to teach our kids how to play again. Isn't that insane? Put the, the two together, teach and play. Do that, does that make sense to you? That I have to teach someone how to have a good time because their good time right now is being had by staring at a phone or laying in bed listening to music and if you ask them to do anything today they look at you like you have two heads seriously do kids understand chores today that's movement. That's why they don't get it. If you ask a kid to do something today, like unload a dishwasher, or maybe go out and rake leaves with you, or do something of a physical nature, they don't have a clue what you're talking about, and they whine and complain until the activity becomes punishment. If kids are, and I, don't get me wrong, it's great for kids to be involved with physical activity of any kind. If it's organized, it's organized. But we, as a culture today, have not done our part to try and make kids understand the benefit of movement. I will guarantee you that because of a lot of the movement that I did throughout my life, it saved me from a major heart attack, okay, probably when I was in my 40s or 50s, because I was always moving. I was always exercising. And if you think that kids are going to get enough out of life, do you realize that the life expectancy has gone down? It's gone down because nobody exercises anymore. And if you think that they're going to get enough out of exercise by going to some event 
which is social anyway. They go there because their friends are there and they're involved in the activity. So if you think that they're going to get enough and it's going to benefit them long term, you're dreaming. You are dreaming. Let me just give you a few things that kids can do around the house that will increase their activity. Number one, do chores. Do chores. Now, age-appropriate chores. Let's just talk about a teenager because they're the ones that are the most um, resistant to the movement. They're not resistant in school, and they're not resistant, you know, when they have their planned activity, but they are resistant to movement at home. Here's some chores. Take out the garbage. Do the dishes. Or... Just put them in the dishwasher. Okay. Rake leaves. Not hard, right? Go out with a rake. I mean, if I go out in the yard and I'm raking leaves and you enjoy the benefit of the yard, shouldn't you come out there with me? It's another one. Bring in garbage cans. Not bad. Movement. How about walk the dog? Walk the dog. You got a dog? Have the kid walk the dog. Why not? It's their dog, probably. You got it for them. Next one. Here's something that you're not going to get, but I'll, I'll explain it to you. Most kids today take the bus to school Or their parents are very benevolent and they drive them to school. But about 70% of the time, kids have to walk to the bus stop. And what's happening now is kids are getting a ride to the bus stop. Now, I want to tell you something. From my house to the bus stop is a quarter of a mile. It's about four blocks. And my daughter, on more than one occasion throughout the week, gets a ride to the bus stop. But that's a quarter of a mile there and a quarter of a mile back. That's a half a mile Multiply that by five and you get two and a half miles of walking a week. Walking. Now you throw in walking the dog and you probably end up with about four miles of walking. You know, kids aren't going to run for the rest of their life. And walking needs to be something that gets included in their lifestyle. And understanding of the, the a brisk walk is something that they need to gain. They need to have a really good idea that walking will help them. And what starts to happen is, is you end up with kids who become these, um, what I call, active couch potatoes, 
okay, because they are they do an activity and come home and lay down. But you take kids who have um, less than good diets, and they don't do a whole lot. You know what you're ending up with now? You're ending up with not only a problem with the fact that they don't involve themselves in in any type of activity, they also are becoming obese. And you have soft kids. Soft kids. They're soft. Their legs are soft. Their body is soft. There's no muscle on them because of the fact that they don't involve themselves in exercise. And they're weak. Their stomach muscles are weak. Their back is weak. Their feet may be weak because they don't walk enough and they don't move around enough. So, have kids walk to the bus stop. Have them walk to and from school if it's close enough. And I, and I deem one mile as appropriate. You could walk a mile to school and a mile home. And, you know, if, if you... Uh, of course, I'm going to be this, you know, you know, in my day. Yeah, of course, in my day, I walked a lot to school. I walked a long way, probably more than a mile, but I did. And if I got lucky when we were juniors and seniors, somebody had a car and somebody picked us up. But the majority of the time, we were on our feet walking back and forth. So walk to school. Uh, what's What are some other chores that kids can do? Just think about it. Vacuum the house, clean the house, clean a bathroom. You know, anything that promotes movement. Anything that provo- promotes movement. And these are the things that our kids have got to get themselves involved with. Along with their other stuff. You know, when they're, they're involved in that organized activity. I realize they have schoolwork to do, but life is balance. Life is balance. The physical, the movement, do it. The mental, schoolwork. And the idea that you are involved in a school with other people, managing relationships, managing people, And learning how to control your thoughts, your words, your actions, your attitudes, and your motives, all that gets done in school. That needs to be taught. And then the emotional piece is is when you have good interactions with other classmates so you don't end up having people who you're either arguing with or talking about and spreading rumors and gossip and that type thing. And then... The idea that this spiritual peace promotes a sense of gratefulness and a sense of joy. Those are the things that our kids need today. today. And I mean right now. Because they're not going to be 10, 12, 15 forever. They're going to grow, and the thoughts that they gather when they're in the second, third, fourth grade, they are nothing more than the wick on a candle that gets lit 
and it turns into a forest fire in their brain. And the negative thoughts that they have will grow and grow and grow. And there are things that they, they begin to believe, like I'm no good, I'm not smart, I'm not athletic, I can't do this. All of that starts to take a back seat if you balance the physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual aspects of their life and keep them the hell out of bed, okay, and looking at their phone and laying around, okay, that will improve the way a child thinks. My name's Jim Burns. You're listening to the Consistently Fit Podcast. We're talking about why it's important to keep kids active. And I think what what I'm sharing with you is critical. It's critical for uh, parents to realize. It's no secret that we have a problem with teenage obesity and diabetes in this country. That's no, we, we see it all the time. I see young people today, young, and I by young, young girls and some young boys who do not care about their appearance and end up eating themselves, almost eating themselves to death at a young age and no activity, nothing. How do you think they feel about themselves? They don't feel good, but they don't know how to stop it, and they need someone to teach them the benefit of exercise. Forget about playing wiffle ball or, or hockey in the gym or anything like that when you have gym class. Take these kids that are overweight and teach them how to walk on a track okay, for a couple of miles during gym to help them lose weight. You will not be sorry that you did it, and they will love you. Then get home economics involved or get the the cooking teacher involved to help them understand the benefit of good eating and what they can cook and what they should eat and what they shouldn't eat. Why not? Why not? You say... Kids need us. They need us to guide them in the right direction. And as far as I'm concerned, those are some of the things that we need to do that I just spoke about. Don't take no for an answer. And if you go out for a walk yourself, take them with you. They're going to resist I, how do I know? Because I have a, a daughter at home that resists going for a walk. She doesn't want to go for a walk with me or without me. She doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to get herself involved in the, what I have just shared with you. Chores we, is, is compulsory. We, 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 we won't get around that. But the bottom line is she's involved with structured activities. She needs to be involved with physical activities on her own. And probably that's the reason that I'm doing this podcast because I see it as that important and I'm being vulnerable with you because I may have failed to a degree in keeping her as active as she should be. My name's Jim Burns. You're listening to the Consistently Fit Podcast. 
Today is what? Thursday. Day after Valentine's Day. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. You gave a card or did something nice for your spouse or your loved ones. Every year, Valentine's Day used to give candy, remember? Everybody got a big chocolate box of chocolates in a a heart-shaped box. I used to give that to my mother, and I'd eat the whole box. (laughs) I'm sure kids do that today. Many years ago, in one of the schools that I was in, they allowed a florist to bring flowers to the um, the kids. You know, they'd have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Flowers were coming in all the time to, to give to um, some guy's girlfriend. Insanity, right? Then we had, uh, you know, you could give, you know, they were called candy grams, or they were called uh, other things that uh, would get sent to the house. Uh, nice stuff. Some of it was, you know, questionable. But, you know, you had stuff go on. I'd rather clean the house for my wife on Valentine's Day. Do something. Kids should do something for their parents on Valentine's Day. We should do something for our kids. We don't. But, you know, you give them, a, give them something do something, say something, happy Valentine's Day, anything. It's cute. It's just something that we have that's a distraction for us. And, you know, the problem is, is you end up with people or kids who do not have someone that they can do that with. And so they start feeling bad. So they stopped everything at high schools and so on in terms of exchanging Valentine's Day cards and you know, so on. I remember in the, at, at the elementary level, we used to give Valentine cards to everybody, including the teacher. It was a sweet thing that we did. But we yeah, now you got to if you're going to do something for everybody, everyone's got to get a candy bar. It's unaffordable. You can't do it. But anyway, yesterday was Valentine's Day. We're getting close to spring now, which is another opportunity to get outside and do things. It's chilly here right now. The temperature is somewhere around 30, but the bottom line, it'll warm up. It'll warm up and things will get nice again and we'll be outside cleaning up the yard and raking and doing, you know, and that's more exercise for kids and that's something they ha- they almost are going to have to be forced outside to do. School year goes quick. I'm a retired high school administrator, and boy, I tell you, the school year just whistles by. It really does. Already February. Once you hit springtime, it, it's like the year's almost over. Three marking periods under our belt. I turned 69 July, uh, on January 4th, so my next birthday, I'm going to be 70. That starts a brand new decade. A brand new decade for me. Feel good. I had the the surgery done over a year ago now. Never felt better. I praise God that he's given me more time on this earth to love my family, uh, to do things with them, to serve him, 
and and to talk to you guys because I really do enjoy it. I do see an audience on the end of this microphone, but you know that's my imagination running away with me. What can I tell you? My name's Jim Burns. I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Get your kids active. That's the bottom line. And remember the the, um, the audio. Let's teach kids how to play again. Have a great day, everybody.